Welcome to Work It Out. I'm Mego. I'm Caitlin. And we are still on Zoom, very much on Zoom, trying to get that in, that opening right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't know how people do it. I don't know. Everyone's just better than us, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh. Well, we're back. We are back for our second episode. Yes, we are um, back. We are we here. We do have a topic this time. Last time we were just like catching up. Free balling. Is that free balling? That's when you have testicles and you don't wear underwear. Oh, I almost said free basing and that's something very different. <laughs> that's a drug thing. So yeah, it's that's like heroin or yeah, cool. <laughs> But we were totally free balling last episode. But yeah, free balling last up. And this time we're balling in a different way because we're going to talk about fucking fertility and reproductive systems and freezing your eggs. That was a great ball transition because eggs are spherical like balls. Oh my gosh. Unless you're freezing them, in which case they're just like little dots little dots inside of you um yeah let's talk about this so the reason we're talking about this is because big bearing of my soul here I'm 34 and I'm freezing but I just froze my eggs I just yes. froze my eggs for the first time and it was a wild experience and so we were like we got to talk about this because it's working it out in another way you know like I worked my body out and my mind in another way. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now you said for the first time, do people freeze their eggs more than once? Like do people funny, go back for multiple rounds? Yeah. Funny you should mention. Yeah. And actually I might do it again because my results weren't great. Uh, so, I mean, they weren't like, we'll, we'll talk about it, but that is the thing that is truly outrageous and crazy. Yeah. People do it multiple times. Some people do three cycles. Also, I feel like, okay, I feel like I have to explain what it is because yes. and maybe I'm stupid, but I don't think so. I mean, I, I know I'm stupid in so many no. ways I don't think so about this because, <laughs> because uh, like I talked to a bunch of people about it and they were like, what? I didn't know that this is what, like, I didn't know that this is what it, this was. And yeah. So let me explain to you exactly what it is. So basically, and I literally just learned this, what, two months ago before I started doing this. So basically every woman is born with a reserve of a certain number of eggs, which I did not know. And okay. Caitlin's nodding. So she didn't know that I'm feeling stupid. Number one. Well, so uh- Okay. But just to pause real quickly, I will probably talk about this more later, but I feel like the reason I know this is because I had a mom who was very into the idea. I, and she, I mean, I still have my mother. She's still here. She, you know, she talked to me about my biological clock a lot when I was growing up, like a lot. So I feel like that was where, that's why I'm like nodding my head. Like, oh yeah, you're born when you're a baby. You have all the eggs already there, which is wild. You're born with all your eggs. You're born with all of the ones you will ever have. And first of all, let's just say, we talked about this last time a little bit. And like, in terms of how the pandemic has really made you, you know, reckon with your mortality and your age and 
like your life and the fleeting nature of life. Well, guess what? Try being 34 and a single woman with your eggs literally dying. I People make jokes about dying eggs and I didn't understand how real it was. I didn't know. I, I was like, oh yeah, this is just a thing people joke about, but I could still have a baby. <laughs> like, I, was like, I was like, whatever, they're not, I'm not listening to that. But yeah, so you're born with like, it's like 300 to 400,000 eggs in your little baby ass body when you're little. And then, yeah, you just get rid of them because here's what happens that I didn't know during your menstrual cycle, even though Caitlin probably did because her mom is a great mom. That's I'm glad she did that to you. Maybe I I'll know. scar you in a different way, but in the in a better way than I've been scarred, which is feeling like I'm in spring awakening and no one told me what sex was. Like that's how I felt at this doctor's appointment. Like what? <laughs> Were you at the doctor's appointment doing uh abstract uh like movement dances like yes, in the exactly. musical spring Mama, who me. Yeah, just <laughs> busted out to that song uh yeah. dr talabian my doctor shout out to dr talabian um she was actually really great so yeah so she explains to me that every time you get your period like a certain number of eggs and i think it's usually like 10 to 20 what it's like a good amount of eggs are in the running <laughs> like it's the same way as like when you have sex there's like one sperm who makes it it's like yeah. they're all in the running so like everybody starts at the at the starting line at the same spot all the little eggs with their little sweatbands ready to go ready to be chosen and then your body sends a hormone to the eggs and some of them like uh and oh and one of them is chosen like the claw in toy story and one of the eggs is chosen and then it grows it's the one that actually grows so that's the egg that could be fertilized if you were to do it and get, you know, and get sperm in there. But then if you don't, then that's the egg that's released with all your uterine lining, blah, blah, blah. You get your period. But I didn't know that there was like, every time you had your period, it was more than one egg. So there's, okay. So there's the chosen egg. The chosen egg. Yeah. So do, there's the do sperm accidentally go to the wrong eggs? Oh, I don't know. Maybe that's how twins are born. I don't know. Okay. That that'll be another episode. I don't know. But all I know is that there's the chosen egg and that brings it to maturation. It makes it a mature, it grows to like a mature enough size that it can be, it can be fertilized basically. I knew none of this. So that's why I feel the need to explain it because just in case you're listening and you don't know what your body does, this is what it does. I mean, I also don't understand like how my heart works, but I'll never know how that works. Um, <laughs> I don't need to freeze my heart. So, um, yeah. So you, so when you are freezing your eggs, which we're going to get into how fucking expensive it is and how uh, it made me feel the weight of inequality in the world, even heavier than I had in the past two years, which is a lot, which was hard to do, but this, this process did it. But yeah, so they, you inject yourself, they make you take estrogen at first. So you like take estrogen. So kind of like prime your body, grease it up a little bit cool. to make sure that you're like doing all your women things. And then they test you for your, to see how fertile you are. I it's like, and you can be anywhere from like a, a one to like a 4.5, I think don't quote me on this. It's called your AMH level. 
And that's the fertility test that everyone always talks about where it's like, find out if you can actually have a baby. So they do that. They do that test and they shove something inside of your vagina, an ultrasound, which I've actually had an ovarian cyst before. So I was like very used to that, but I can imagine that it would not be fun. I mean, it wasn't fun for me either, even though I'd already done it. <laughs> yeah. It's not like you do it once and it sucks. And then the second time, and it's like, yeah, baby. <laughs> oh god it's just like this thing that's like a long like little spectrum dildo-y thing and they just like squirt this jelly onto it and shove it in the ultrasound jelly is ultrasound jelly yeah they do although you know i i feel like i do i i would say like ask your gynecologist to do internal ultrasounds because i had cysts that i didn't know about and i think they should all be doing that but yeah, I don't know. Oh boy. Anyway, so hopefully you've had this wand inside of you. So they, you know, they look at your body and they're basically like, here's what we think. Here's, here's like how, how you're going to do in this process. I, my blood test came back and I was a one, which is like the lowest number that they will do it. The, they won't do it if your, if your number is any lower. Um, and I have like some autoimmune stuff and I, um, and I had an ovarian cystectomy. I had uh, a huge ass football size cyst in my ovary. So I had to get one of my fallopian tubes out. So that is why, and they were, when that happened, I was like in my twenties and they did not mention fertility treatment at all. And he was mm. like, yeah, this could impact your fertility. It did. <laughs> like, and they, they weren't like, oh yeah, we recommend that you, you know, do kind of, so any kind of fertility treatment. They didn't. So that's why I'm like, no, I'm talking about this. And I'm telling you that if you had this done, get it looked into if you are at all curious about having children, because no yes. one told me this and I wish someone would have. Um, but anyway, I wish Kaylin's mom would have been around <laughs> just to tell all of, all of your friends. To, yeah. To tell all of my friends to constantly repeat that we have a biological clock and that it's real. Okay. But like if someone and- would have told me like the biological clock was like the reserve of eggs. I just, I, that image was more, yeah, I don't know because 34 is the new 27. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least that's how I, I'm just making that up now. But it is like, you know, people want to wait to have babies, but the biology of this has not caught up with us yet. Like it's not, we have not evolved so that we can still have babies. We are primed to have babies at like fucking 15 which no one, you know, necessarily wants to do, I don't think, whatever. So that's where we're at. So now we have to go to these fertility clinics and, you know, do all this stuff. Okay. So you get the test and they tell you if they can do it. Mine was on the lower end, but I will say as someone, you know, on the lower end, they were still like, oh yeah, like we'll go through with this. We'll do this. So then after that, you give yourself these shots, they, this fucking expensive ass medicine. Whoa. Again, we'll get into the price of all of this in a bit, but you give yourself shots of these types of hormones that basically are telling all of, it's the same hormone that tells the one egg to grow the chosen one. So it's like now more than one egg is is being the chosen one because you're kind of manipulating your body to make it think like you tell the other eggs, you're the chosen one. And so go ahead and grow pretty little egg. It's exactly. okay. You'll be exactly. useful. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then you give yourself these shots, which like, I was really scared of that piece of it, but don't be scared of that. It's fine. I went to, and you, then you have to, I mean, the process is 
egregious. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. You give yourself these shots. They make you feel really bloated. It makes you feel like you're having your period kind of like 10 times over. Like I just always had like a protruded belly. I think this entire for like one month period. And it really heightens your, like it really fucks with your hormones. So like you're really like emotional and like will cry out of nowhere. Um, and that part was not pleasant. One of my friends who did it before told me, she was like, surround yourself with like clouds and rainbows. Like only talk to people that you know are gonna like be supportive and make you happy. Because I taught, I, yeah, there, if you don't, you'll just have a breakdown. <laughs> like, and that's, that's what's going to happen. But okay. So you do that. And then you have to go in once you start your shots, it's like 10 to 12 days of these shots. And then they get kind of more intense as you go, because you're trying to grow the eggs, but then you're also having to give yourself something else. Another shot at, at a certain point to say, don't release them yet. Don't release them yet. And then you give yourself this one final shot. It's called a trigger shot. And then like within, it's like, they give it to you at a very specific time. And within 36 hours, I think it was, you have to be in the OR ready to get this extraction. Um, because the trigger shot has told your eggs to kind of get ready to go. And what they do is they stick a long ass needle inside of you and they, <laughs> they suck it. It's called, they're called follicles. The things that hold the eggs, they yes. the fluid out of your follicles with the egg. And they kind of make like, see how many matured. And then they flash freeze them and store them for you. I think like, typically you're supposed to get like 10 to 20, 10 to 20 is like a good amount. I got four, which is why I'm considering doing it again. But this is where it gets crazy is that you do all of this and you could technically get 20 eggs and the quality of the egg just depends. Like you, there's no way, no one knows how to know the quality of the eggs yet. So mm -hmm. you just could be freezing 20 like eggs that are not going to like, you, you just don't know if they're good quality eggs until you try to fertilize them. Wow. Mm -hmm. Or you could have four eggs that are super high quality. Mm -hmm. That's a possibility. And you just it's don't a possibility know. and you just don't know. So you're doing all of this. You're putting your body through hell for a lottery ticket of possibly being able to have a natural child at some point. And like, they truly at this clinic were just like flippantly like, oh yeah, but you could just do another cycle. And I was like, what do you, like, I, I'm lucky enough that my work paid for my work paid for one of my, or they paid for like two cycles. I think what I didn't know before I did this is that my insurance, which I think this is very common maxes out at $10,000 in fertility medications. One round of this fertility medication was $12,000. So wow. I already had to pay $2,000 more than I kind of thought I was doing. It's a thousand dollars to store them every year. You have to Buy a little frozen house for your eggs. Oh my gosh. A little frozen house. A little frozen oh. house. <laughs> and then it's, it's like, I think 10 to $12,000 for the procedure itself. Maybe, maybe more depending on where you are and where you go. So that's almost $30,000 probably. And let me tell you when you're in Midtown, New York, I'm fairly certain most of these ladies were doing it out of pocket. Like I, like, I feel like 90% of the women that walked in there were just like dripping in Chanel and Fendi. And, and I was just like, this is not me. Like, and it just really highlighted this inequity of like, okay, so if you're born and you're in a situation like me and you just don't have, you're not fertile then and you really want to have a natural child, you just, you just can't, you yeah. don't have the money. You just can't like it really 
it's so it's so crazy like it's so crazy and then also on top of that it's just I I felt so privileged like having to be able to do this on top of that you have to just like go in for these random appointments. Like I was at the doctor constantly. If, if you were in any kind of like a service job or a job where you like your work wasn't flexible, there's no way that you could do this. Um, and like, they're like, oh yeah, we don't really know yet. Like maybe come in, maybe do that. Like for two weeks, your schedule was just kind of up in the air and it's like, okay, but if I'm like a nanny or I'm like doing any kind of role that's not remote right now, like I, there's no way that you could do it. Also, like the thing that seems pretty wild as well that you mentioned was sort of the physical pain and the hormonal roller coaster. And because we don't talk about these things so much, you know, I would imagine that also if you're like, I'm emotionally up and down all the time. And I can't talk to anyone about it because no one fucking understands anything about this. Like no one understands this process, you know, mm. cause it's like, you can't talk to men. Cause they're like, uh, what? So it is true. Women are emotional on their period. It's like, oh, right. God, get out of here. Right. And you can't, you know, necessarily talk to other women because again, if it, it's just different. And I just think there's, is a lot of stigma about talking about fertility treatments. Anecdotally, I will say as a therapist, there have been, I, I've heard so much more about women struggling with fertility than I ever thought. I would just sort of seeing a general population that this was when I was, you know, working in Brooklyn and there were just so many women on my caseload who came in for other issues. And then, you know, were trying to get pregnant and had to go through, uh, not necessarily egg freezing, but I think some of the similar stuff that you were talking about, like some of the extraction, different treatments, different IVF, different oh. things like that. So it's right. really, I, really common. I was going to say that. Yeah. It's so common. Like, yes, first of all, it is really difficult. And the only people that I really felt like got and understood and were like kid glovesing with me, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like they were really treating with kid, not kid gloves, but like, they were like, be kind to yourself, be gentle. Like this is hard were the people who had done it. And I found out that one of my, one of my friends had been kind of doing this for a year. This is the thing. If you are, if you're trying to get pregnant via IVF, what happens is they do this and then they do the extraction and then they fertilize the eggs and turn them into embryos and then put them back inside of you. So that's an even more invasive process. I should have said the actual procedure itself, like didn't like you, you get put under and like, that's, you know, that is what it is, but like, it's that it didn't really hurt. It was just more like the next day was like really bloated and like, just felt like a bad period kind of. And I actually ended up getting a fever afterwards because like fucking COVID. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like any time that I get an infection, I get a fever now, but that's not here nor that. I think that's really not common. And most people like were recovered in a couple of days, but I will say emotionally, I'm, I think like a week and a half or two weeks out from this procedure. And like last week I was traveling and not a good idea, but I was traveling and I just had like a complete breakdown out of nowhere. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like the way that it just makes you feel out of control. You're not in control of your emotions. Yep. So yes, it was, it's, and it's hard to talk about with anyone because yes, same, same thing, stigma. And then also you feel like, oh, this is my fault. Like I can't control this, which is often how women are made to feel in general. Like, oh, you can't like wrap it up. Like you can't, you can't control yourself. You can't control your emotions. Like 
yeah, it made me feel crazy. It made me feel like I was losing my mind at, at sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I, it, it impacts everyone differently, but anyway, so yes, very hard. And yeah, I might have to do it again because it's just a lot of rich people doing this. So they're like, yeah, just do another cycle because $30,000 to someone who's wearing a, you know, a $50,000 Fendi bag uh, is nothing. That's nothing to them. It's a, it's a McDonald's cheeseburger, whatever. Although they're like putting your body through hell. So if you do in vitro, and again, I have a friend who's been doing this for like a year, uh, you do this process over and over and over again. And sometimes they extract the eggs and sometimes they don't. And you work to get like basically the right cocktail of these drugs that's going to get you to bring as many eggs to maturation as possible. I, and like, when I heard that, I was like, I like didn't really understand what this friend had been going through. And then I went through it once and I was like, how have you been surviving? Like you've just been doing this over and over for a year. And also that thing that people talk about, it's like that thing that people talk about when they have a miscarriage, they feel like I did something wrong. It's insane how innate that feeling is. When I was like, I only got four eggs. Like the first thing I said to the doctor was like, I mean, like I had a glass of wine. Like I had a, you know, I had a couple glasses of wine. They told me that was okay. Like I, should I have not, you know what I mean? Like I immediately blamed myself. I was oh like, was there, some, was there something I could have done? And like, I'm like a feminist and I never would have blamed anyone else like that. It's just like, if I heard some of that happened to someone else, I would never thought, but it's just something about fertility that is so close, like closely in, intertwined with your identity. Yeah. And as you're saying that I'm trying to, I'm like trying to figure out what is that? Like, where does that come from? today. When we talk about like ourselves feeling really bad about our bodies, like I can think so clearly of, oh yeah, like this commercial and that commercial and like this diet culture message and that diet culture message. But you're right. The messages we get about fertility are also very self-blaming. I've also known so many women who have had miscarriages Mm-hmm. I have known so many women who have had miscarriages and it's such a hard experience and very few people talk about it. No one talks about, about it, it because mm-hmm. yeah, there's, there is such a deep shame and there is something there's, there has to be something in the air that like makes you say things like this must be my fault. Cause I had a glass of wine even though I was told by the doctors that that was okay. Mm-hmm. Is it just because there's sort of this aura and myth around motherhood in general? Is that like why we feel it's our fault if something goes wrong in the process? Like just because everything I- you see is like, oh, there's a woman, she gets pregnant, she has a baby, then mm-hmm. she's a mom. Yeah, I think it's like a combination of things of like, yeah. What's the first thing that people ask you once after you get married, when are you having a baby? It's just like this societal thing that people feel entitled to know about you. Uh, like, so there's and that people, that people make a lot of assumptions about, I guess. Um, so there's like the social status quo of it all, but then, uh, you know, in a very real work it out way, there's this idea that we can control our bodies. Like 
well, you're fat because you can't control yourself. You're this because you couldn't control blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And it's like any insecurity that you have around that is just heightened and multiplied a million times when it comes to fertility, especially if you're with a partner who wants to have, I like, I mean, I'm by myself, like I'm not even with a partner, but I even had that thought. I was like, oh my God, I was only able to have four eggs. If I'm not able to have a natural child, will that make someone not want to be with me? And that was like such a like 1952 thought that I was like, I can't believe I'm having this thought, but I think it's real. Like, I think it's a real thing. And it's a real thing that couples go through that. Like if you're, I don't know if you're someone's really set on having a natural child and you can't, like, I think fertility causes a lot of marital problems and, but also, and and like, I, I think that's what I think some of that blame factor comes from, but it's also like in a very spring awakening mama who bore me way, like, okay, so you just didn't really tell me anything about this my whole life. And then all of a sudden it's my fault that I can't do it. Like that's like that's how yeah. I feel. Like, wait, I I literally the reason that I had a trip the week after this is because I went and they were like, you need to do it now. It was all like all of a sudden this was dire. And I was like, okay, well, I've like been I've been just sitting on this benefit for four years. Why wasn't why did none of my gynecologists say anything to me? Like, because people don't fucking care about women's health. And the reason that these fertility clinics care about women's health is because they get money out of it. It's fucking Mm. a lot of money. That is why they're invested in it. It's it's wild. And also, if you look at the research on this, it's really mixed on whether or not this is even something that is a good idea. Oh, like how so? Like a good idea, like it like, has a good rate of success or a good idea, like it may be bad for the body or? Well, I think it's definitely bad for the body. And I I don't, I didn't even think about the lasting consequences of what this is going to be on my body. I was just like, I have to do this because if I don't, then, you know, it's someone was saying the other day, like they were watching the Olympics and they were, they real, they had the realization like, wait, I'll never go to the Olympics. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not even something that maybe you wanted to do when you were never going to go to the Olympics, but it's just like, wait, I'm too old to do this thing. And that kind of panic is like that kind of panic about your mortality and what your body is capable of. And Like that forced me to immediately do it. I was like, I got to do this just in case. Because I was just about to ask, right? I was reading, I was reading up on this. I was doing a little, a little bit of research. The article I was reading in Time Magazine was saying that there's a a big uptick in people doing this treatment, freezing their eggs since the pandemic started. Like there was a dip at the beginning, obviously, because everything shut down. Right. And then more women were saying, oh, you know, I was just laid off from my job or, you know, I'm now working at home. So I can do all of this crazy, intense, invasive stuff. Um. So there's, you know, there's been an uptick in it, but I, yeah, I was curious, like, when did you start thinking about this? Like, was it just in the beginning of the pandemic? Had you ever thought about it before then? I definitely had thought about it before then. And like, I would say only because my job offered this as a benefit. But the company is like, it's named like one of the best places to work for like working mothers or women because, but at the same time, it's one of those like tech company 
benefits where it's like, you can have endless PTO, which means you can never take PTO. Like it's like, you can, we'll pay for you to freeze your eggs. So you can never have a baby. Like don't, you know, that's like one of those benefits, but whatever. I was like, oh, okay. I want to take advantage of this of capitalism. So yeah, like I had thought about it before, but it didn't feel, feel as dire until, I don't know, you know, it's the same thing as people getting married or like people starting to have babies around you. You're just like, oh, okay. Everyone's having a baby. And then you're like, wait, that person is having a baby, but like they weren't responsible enough to be having a baby. (laughs) And then you're like, oh, I guess, yeah, this is kind of the time to do this. And like, we're literally like my, one of my friends just had a baby and it was a geriatric pregnancy. I know that. Well, that's another, I know that is a really terrible term. And, and I will say this, you know, like we're, we're not experts and, and this is such a personal decision, right? Like, I think the purpose of this episode is like Mego, like you were saying, is just to give people information. If you are someone who has always wanted to have a child, birth a child, look into your fertility testing just so that you have the options. And if you're someone who's like, I know I want to wait until later, I I will say that like, there are some people who've done sort of studies and are looking into like, it's not as bad as we think sometimes getting older and like having a pregnancy. I don't know. There's this article in the Atlantic that was sort of talking about, you know, some of the the studies about fertility and having a, you know, a child when you're older that really sort of show that like, there's some, um, what's the word? It's just like bias there. You know, I guess what we're trying to say is it's hard to be a woman no matter what. (laughs) I have never felt it is hard to be a woman more in my life than going through this process because every guy who was there being called, like every woman who was being called back into this office is injecting themselves with shit and getting something shoved up their orifices and, and getting blood drawn. I had to get, you have to get blood drawn every other day um, for like a good week and a half or something. Yeah. And every man who was being called back there is jerking off into a cup. Like that's, it's literally, you're like, oh, you're going to jerk off into a cup. Like if you're there by yourself, that's what you're doing. And every woman is going there to be like poked and prodded and told that they are either worthy of having a baby or not worthy of having a baby. Like it does just, yeah, it's really wild and something that I think that I mean they're and like it's a fa- it's it's a factory like these fertility clinics are just factories they're doing the same thing over and over and over again like in out in out like they kind of forgot I mean and I I went to a really nice place it was really great it was covered by my insurance and everyone was very nice there but like they did they like forgot to show me how to take one of my medicines and like it's like you're giving yourself a shot like it's oh. it's not easy it's it's confusing i accidentally gave myself one of the wrong medicines because they didn't show me like yeah and then i have that guilt of like oh well did it not go well because i did that blah 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 yeah and exactly what caitlin said i just i wished someone would have told me in the same way that i don't know there's like that breast cancer test that you can get like just get it tested because it might, I didn't understand that I felt a certain way about it until I realized that I couldn't or not couldn't, but just that it was that, you know, that my chances were maybe a little bit less than other people. And then I was like, wait, this is something I think I want. Like, and if you're, if you're in that spot, when you're like, in your like, in your late twenties or thirties and you're like, oh, but I don't really know if I want this or whatever. Like, I think just get it looked into because 
it's, I, I don't think that it hurts to just check it out. Sometimes like, yeah, sometimes it's that thing when you realize, oh, I'm less likely to get this. You notice the emotional reaction you have. And it's like want it right now. So it's hard to have any kind of emotion about it. Yeah. But it's like, if you, you know, are sort of like, oh, I don't know about it and you go get tested and you're like, oh, I have a really high fertility and you feel happy about that. You know, that's good. That's telling you something about your most, you know, but if you go and you get a test and it's like, oh, my fertility is kind of low and maybe you feel relieved. That's something else about your, your innermost want. Exactly. Yeah. And that's not to say that I'm like every woman's only purpose is, which is that is why there's so many emotions tied into it because clearly society does you know, think that that's women's purpose in, in a way. Um, no. Yeah. But like, cause like I have so many friends who are like, no, I absolutely do not want children. Like I already know that. And that's so great. I like, I wish that I just like, didn't know. And like, I think because society puts such a pressure on that being your, your role here, <laughs> like that's why you're here because society puts such a pressure on that. Like, especially for women, for cis women, it makes, it can make it more confusing. Yes. Like, well, I thought that this is going to happen my whole life because that's what I've seen and what, what's happened around me. And so, yeah, I think it's a good idea just to get the test, just to kind of see how you feel about it. If you, if you're un, if you're unconsidered or you're un, uncertain. Well, yeah. it's, it's also making me think, you know, I, there's also this narrative that women can have it all. This was part of the spiel that my mom gave me, you know, cause I think in her generation, there was this big sort of feminist movement and there was a lot of value put on women going to work, focusing on their careers, finding purpose in a job, but things never balanced out in this society to truly create, I think, gender neutral, equal households and straight long-term relationships or straight marriages. You know, there's like all of this research that's like for most straight hetero couples, you know, women still do more household work and they do more work. And that's not true for everyone. I will say in my home, I have not cooked in a very fucking long time, which is awesome. But uh, but um, Diego. <laughs> I know. Thank you, Diego. Every single night he makes dinner <laughs> and sometimes I do the dishes. I don't clean as much as I should, but uh, that's fine. Different episode, Caitlin. <laughs> different episode, different episode. What was I even talking about? Oh, like this whole thing of you can have it all. That's also such a sort of like toxic thing because it's this denial of the fact that like, you know, sometimes you can't, right? Like sometimes you need to, I don't know, put your work second because you're going through a process like egg freezing. And so you have to slow down. Sometimes we have to slow down sometimes as human beings in order to get things done, we have to prioritize, you know, so this whole rhetoric of you can have it all. You can do whatever you want to do. I thought of that with your point with the Olympics. Yeah. Like telling all, you know, like when I was growing up, the message was you can do whatever you want. If you put your mind to it, it's like, I was 90s child. That's a real 90s thing. Cause it's like, we're all equal, which is also erasing any kind of privilege from the matter. Yeah. Yeah. And not even something that we didn't even talk about. Another one of my friends who, who went through this is, 
is a lesbian and her partner ended up carrying the baby from her like from her eggs. And that's another thing that it's like, this is like disproportionately, it's not equal for cis women um, or cis, cis, cis straight women, cis hetero women who are looking, you know, to have a baby, but this is impossible to afford. But then there are like non-binary and, and trans and queer couples who this is like maybe the only way that they could have a natural child. And like, so then they, the inequity of the cost and the fact that, you know, you'd have to go through this um, maybe even multiple times is just, is, yeah, it's just really, I don't know. I just found it so depressing. I found it really depressing to go to this clinic and be surrounded by a lot of like really rich white ladies. It was hard. Um, it was hard to be, have this, but then I also felt just like so grateful and like so privileged that I got to be there, but it just really highlighted how, and even though, I mean, and here's the thing, even though these women, these women who are just kind of like, I guess, able to do this, however many times they need to, they're still really messing with their bodies. And like, it's not an easy time, even if you have you know, a shit ton of money and you're able to do this. It felt like it was, I, the fact that it felt like a privilege to make myself feel insane for two months is like, and be in pain is just. Is wild. Yeah. It's, Ugh. it's really, really bonkers. Yeah. And it's like the lottery ticketness of it all where it's like, oh, I went into this thinking this would give me, this would give me a baby. And it's like, no, this could maybe not give you a baby. Yeah. And it's, that's also, oh, and something else that, that they talked about, which is why people kind of rush to do this at a certain age is because when they talk about quality of eggs, it's like the, the likelihood that a, that an egg could have like an extra chromosome or the likelihood that an egg could have something, something a little bit off about it. Like I think that they think autism comes uh, at, I don't, I don't want to be like a Jenny McCarthy about this, but I think like, <laughs> like, like that, like the older you get, like they think that it, it can cause like the, the egg, depending mm. on who the woman is, can, could cause some like issues in childbirth. Um, Got it. yeah. Or like issues for the child later on, or, you know, so that's another thing is like, if you're doing this, they can also, once you freeze your eggs, they can test the embryo for certain diseases. Yes. So it's almost like it's this weird genetic cleansing in a way. Ah! <laughs> it really is a very complicated personal process, but it's something that should be talked about more and really normalized. Mm-hmm. And it really sort of showing again, like this is an example of how our healthcare system promotes inequality. Mm-hmm. And so it would be great if we could look at that. It's a, a really good example of it would how- be great universe. If you could just take a little look <laughs> on your desk, if you could just like read over it, mm-hmm. you know, and like, even at the, at the top of this episode, like even when we started talking about it and every time I'm someone who feels fairly comfortable oversharing, sometimes I fully get that. Like I'm some, someone who feels maybe more comfortable talking about pretty much everything. And this was still very like weird and hard for me to talk about with like a lot of people. And I felt like even at the start of this episode, I was like, are people going to think that I'm just like oversharing or like, because, because it is seen as such a personal thing that we just don't talk about in the same way that miscarriages are in the same way that every woman that I know who literally almost everyone that I know who's had a baby has had 
pretty severe postpartum depression. And that's also not talked about. Like, it, there's just so many things, but it's like, oh, but if you talk about that, then you're like complaining about the fact that you had a baby and some people don't get babies. And it's just like, the whole thing is really fucked up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this has been work it out. You're depressing, <laughs> feminist, yeah, anti-capitalist. And one of going to feel sad. <laughs> no, there, and like, there no, are no. so many, like there, the woman next to me, when I was getting my blood drawn, at uh, one time she was talking about how she has a five month old at home and she's doing this again. And like, she, you know, like there are like so many great stories, like people wouldn't be able to, you know, have children unless they had this benefit. So that's great. It would just be amazing if like maybe more people had access to it. And maybe if like it was talked about more upfront, uh, in, in like w- women's healthcare settings, just because, yeah, I just wish I would have been told. I know. Me. <laughs> arm circles arm circles well I mean you know I I I mean maybe I'm biased I personally don't think this is oversharing I mean I'll I'll share you know that I all my life I was someone who really thought I was going to be a mom I had different thoughts on how that would come to be, but that's something that has changed for me in the past few years, because every time I think about, okay, like, well, what about starting the process? I'm like, ugh, <laughs> that's just me for, you know, not like, ugh, like, ba- cause I love children. I think they're awesome. I think they're like so great, but, and this pandemic made me really see how, you know, okay, the world is going to be a complicated place. Raising kids will be extra hard in it. And then, yeah, my work as a therapist, I've seen a lot of parents who are really, really awesome parents and just see them like try to navigate it and navigate all the systems that we have. And I was like, oh, you know, this is sort of changing how I feel about this and who I want to be in the world. I I just really believe that it would be so much nicer if everyone's, if everyone feels comfortable being able to make the choice that feels best for them and that we can just talk about it openly so that we can ask people about their fertility without it feeling like pressure, you know, and that we can ask people about, you know, or, or just like not expect women women to be popping out babies left and right as their life's purpose. But yeah, but just have those open conversations like, you know, and that's what we hope this episode is is doing, just like giving people information as well as letting you know that whatever choice like you want to make for yourself is absolutely okay. And it's not your fault if you go through this procedure and four eggs are what's taken out, right? And it's not your fault if you have to go through this procedure. It's not your fault if you have to get IVF. And you're not and alone. Either. And you're that's, not alone. That's the thing that like, I feel, I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have people who had already gone through it like to talk to them about it and I feel like that I've seen that in my like female friends who have had miscarriages or who have have had postpartum or whatever it's just like so important to talk about it so that you at least yeah you don't feel so alone in it 
because uh, it can make you feel really lonely. It's isolating. It's especially, I mean, I can only imagine if you have a partner and you're trying to go through this. Like I personally, if I were going through this, would be a little bit resentful of my of my counterpart for not having to go through this. Um, yeah. And I've heard that kind of a thing too. So it's just like so important that like we know what it is and, and talk about it. Yeah. And Caitlin, you're not that article that you were talking about is definitely true in terms of the impetus, because I think the pandemic has really magnified for everyone, at least it has for me, just, yeah, your mortality, your just how precious and quick life is. And no, it's uh, not a dress rehearsal folks. We're here. This is the real deal. (laughs) Yeah. And that like, and like for me, yeah, I I was like, this has felt lonely at times. The pandemic has felt lonely and thinking about having a family makes that feel less lonely. Mm -hmm. And so I think like, that's kind of where my, I think impetus was not like, I want to have a baby. So I'm not lonely, but like, I want to like have a, I want to, I want to have a family so that like, I I like the idea of having a unit to survive the apocalypse with. (laughs) Maybe that's selfish of me to like bring a baby into this awful, horrible world, but also beautiful that the baby, that babies can exists and that's nice (laughs) i'm wondering if we should put out the email here's something we didn't talk about before we started recording but i'd be really curious if anyone listening has had experience with this or if you have any thoughts and if you would want to share them um Uh, or want to do a deep dive into something like wants to do a deep dive into something else or yeah there's so much to cover here and uh, clearly obviously like i yeah, like Caitlin said, we're not experts. I'm literally just like a rando lady who went through this. <laughs> That's all that I am, who just like kind of happens to notice the inequity and also understand like the privilege of me being a white woman with a job that paid for this, like, and how I'm complaining about it. But I feel lucky to be able to complain about it. <laughs> um, uh, we want everyone to be able to complain about it. Yeah, we should all be able to complain about <laughs> this equally. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, send us, send us an email. Work it out podcast at gmail.com, right? That's our email address. Let's work it. Um, we'll post it. We'll post it. <laughs> Check the link. Check the link. Or message, message us. DM us on Instagram. We're going oh, yeah. on Instagram. There you go. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, I hope that everybody who's listening at least learned one new thing, just like Sesame Street. Um, I hope you learned that you, there's a chosen egg. <laughs> I hope that's that- the way. That I didn't know. Also, I didn't know that it's like 10 to 20 eggs every time you had a period. I thought it was just one. Oh, it's a bunch. It's a bunch of little follicles, what they're called. And then they they go away. But anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for letting us share about this really tough topic. Yeah. And if you want to hear more, you have questions or uh, have stories mess dm us bitch dm us on insta (laughs) and until next time don't forget to keep working working it out.
Yes, let's okay. do it again. One more time. Okay, I'm gonna watch your lips and see if I can match. Okay, ready? Okay. <laughs> 